Hey guys, I'm Shay, a three-winged two on the Enneagram that finds her home in Atlanta, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to create an ongoing conversation about the tensions of following Jesus in today's culture. Join me and many others as we have conversations that challenge and inspire us to follow Jesus in our day and age. This is Just Shayin'. Hey guys, this is Shay, and thanks for tuning into this episode. I am here with a new friend um, that I feel like should be an old friend because for the last 20 minutes, we've just laughed really a lot. Um, and That's so we're true. sitting here and you can see us, but we have huge microphones that don't work in front of us. Um, so we feel professional, but we're not. Um, I'm actually just using GarageBand. <laughs> Shout out to GarageBand. Um, anyways, but yeah, so this is a new friend, and she has a book called The War on Your Voice. And honestly, she probably did not care that I even said that because she wrote that for Jesus. Um, but she's a wife, a mom. She is the first year director of Bethel Atlanta School of Supernatural Ministry, which is actually really hard to say. It's a long name. You did that is long. Yeah. I'm really proud. I'm really proud of myself. Um, so this is Jennifer Stockman. Woo, woo. If there's anything else you want to say, you're more than welcome to. I'm just so happy to be here. I'm so great. I'm so grateful you're here. Just Shan. Just Shan. I'm super happy to be here. <laughs> uh, it's crazy because I actually just messaged her on Instagram, which I think most of the time you think, are they really going to respond? <laughs> which did cross my mind. And I was like, eh, why not? You know, maybe. And she actually responded with like, yeah, I would love to. Yeah. And I was like, she doesn't know what she's getting into. (laughs) But yeah. So, yeah. But it's awesome to have you here. Um, And just grateful, grateful that you for your fight. And I think I've listened to lots of your sermons on uh, Bethel Atlanta and read your book. I shouldn't lie. I haven't read all of your book. (laughs) That sounds so bad, but I just can't lie. Holy Spirit. So in this place <laughs> i can't lie at all but I appreciate your uh, yeah, yeah yeah but um i love it um and just listening to different podcasts that you've been on and just hearing your story and just i love the honesty and the vulnerability of your heart the willingness i would say to put your heart on the chopping block mm-hmm. for a generation to know that he's good yeah. and that it's not just head knowledge for you but that it's actually heart living and it's something that you just leak, like you leak his goodness and, his, and his, yeah, the fact that he's a good father. Um, so I love it just because I'm apparently leading this podcast <laughs> so humbly. Right? Um, I would love it if you just shared a little bit of your story, um, like whether it was your first encounter with him or just something that stands out to you. Um, I think one of the things I love about you the most uh, in hearing your sermons and stuff, it's just your honesty, is your vulnerability, and your war on shame. Yeah, um, is also a huge piece of my story, yeah. and I think that's why I was like, you were actually the first person I like reached out to uh, more than in like not more than anybody else that you're hearing because that sounds very <laughs> bad. Um, but you were the first person to come to my heart. Wow, because a huge part of my story um, has been shame. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's something just a huge, huge struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, not just in the world, but especially in the body of Christ, yeah. is that that thing tries to silence us. You know, yeah. I say if, if shame was a gun, it'd have a silencer on it, and it would be shame um, because it's so silent and it creeps in. Yeah. And, and the whole point of it is just to lock you in. 
And so if you want to share, I guess, some of your story, um, how you've overcome shame. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. Just a big question. Not a big deal. (laughs) Not a big deal at all. Just throwing you in there. Boom. Kicking you in. If you don't mind, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And I don't mind chiming in with my own story as well. You just interrupt me. I will using my big microphone. My big microphone. Feels so fancy. I do, even though they don't work. I'm taking this home with me. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I just remember I just fell in love with Jesus at such a young age. Yeah. So I was just a little girl and heard the gospel for the first time and was just stunned by the story. Like that God <laughs> would come to earth and give his life for his people, and then so, well, raise from the dead. I mean, it it just felt like the most magical fairy tale of all time, you know? Like, this is better than Disney, <laughs> right? right here. And I just remember, you know, making a decision, like, this is what I want to give my life to, mm. you know? And I walked around with this bright pink sweatshirt on that said property of Jesus. And I remember I would wear it to school and I like the poster yeah, billboard. Like right after I had gotten saved, you know, I lived in Northern California and we had three massive earthquakes, like mm-hmm. 7.2. And I was home alone with my older brother that day. And I was convinced that it was Jesus Christ coming back. And I had just gotten saved. And I was like terrified. Like this is it. This is the earthquake trumpet. It's going down today. I was standing in the doorway. Eyes peeled out the kitchen mm-hmm. window. Like I was certain Jesus and the whole heavenly host was <laughs> We're about to come down. Oh yeah. You're yeah. like, here I am. <laughs> I just started screaming the name of Jesus over and over. <laughs> come to find out it wasn't the second coming, but I walked around with my Bible for like two straight weeks thinking, surely, surely. I got to make sure I'm not missed in this. <laughs> so, you know, it took me years. To figure out, you know, I could talk to Jesus more oh, than wow. just on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I've been on this ongoing journey of learning about the depths of what the gospel truly means and what it truly provided for us mm-hmm. in our access to relationship, in our access to live naked and unashamed, yeah, in intimacy with a real God. So wild, yeah. The idea yeah. of actually we were created for the garden. Yeah. 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 Getting back to that place where we can take off the shame, take off everything that, you know, that Adam tried to put on and putting leaves around them. Yeah. The, yeah. the fight here now is that we take those things off. Yeah. Instead yeah. of hiding behind them because he still sees us. Yeah. He still sees. He sees beyond the leaves, you know, yeah. which is, I feel like would be a cool t-shirt, that would but be not a cool weird. A new sticker. It's a new sticker, sticker industry. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I love that you went from realizing like, wait, he's actually a friend and he wants to hear me and he wants every day of my life, not just me on Sundays. You know, that's relationship. And my part of my story is I was raised in church. Yeah. And, you know, I was a little kid running in the pews like, woo. And I feel like, you know, in Africa, we say it takes a village to raise a kid and I'm like the way I was raised it took a church to raise me that's how I feel like 
you know, it was kind of like the community was like, okay, like, and, you know, they were all just close friends, but a lot of the story was realizing that I had to own my own relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I couldn't own my mom's. I couldn't own my dad's. Right. Like I had to go, okay, wait, this is actually for me. Yeah. And I get to talk to him, not just when I'm with my mom or dad, not just when I'm in the building, but like he wants a relationship with me. Yeah. So good. And as soon as you find that moment or you have that moment, it feels like all, you know, the sky's turned bluer, the grass is greener. Yeah. But at the same time, the war gets real because it's like the enemy knows like, oh, they found out, you know. And yeah. so yeah. could you speak into that part of your story of just like, yeah. Yeah, where you know what lies were you struggling with? What you know, go as deep as you want, yeah. but just yeah. because I think it is something where as 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 much as our heart opened, yeah, the yeah. enemy is fighting that much harder, and it's not to glorify the enemy because we already know who wins, but he does. Yeah. He throws his his tactics. Yeah, yeah. You know what did that winning that war look like? For yeah, you, so which probably cannot yeah. fit into a podcast, yeah. but just some heavy. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> my best shot right now. So you know, uh, so much of our process is really unwinding yep. our identity, getting so twisted up in the lies Shane tells us. You know, the lies. Um, rejection tell us abandonment Mm -hmm. neglect and you know um I remember when I was writing the book I I put that crown of thorns on the front because I just became so undone by you know Jesus walking me through Mm -hmm. the part of his crucifixion um right after he was scourged which was you know whips with huge chunks of metal coming off of the end that you know, historically, prisoners really didn't make it through the scourging. Like, the intention was to get to the organs with those whips. So he had just endured horrific beating and was brought before a legion of soldiers. So he's standing before hundreds of soldiers that gathered around to mock him. And he could he could barely stand at that right. point, you know, was probably unrecognizable. And that's the part of the story where they put a robe on his back, you know, and twisted up the crown and pushed mm-hmm. it into his skull, and put a staff in his hand and began to spit on him and just kneel down, you know, say, hail king of the Jews. And right. they were they were mocking the living God, you know, and he knew that for the rest of eternity, every knee would bow and every tongue, every voice would be used to proclaim you are Lord. And for generation after generation, we would be throwing our crowns at his feet and saying, worthy, worthy, worthy. worthy." But the, the Bible says he was completely silent and he said nothing when the very anchor of his identity was being spit upon. And, you know, he was silent so that we would never again have to use our voice, never again have to use our life to prove who we are, to defend who we are. And, you know, every twisted thing in our soul finds a resting place in what he finished on that day. And, 
who we are will never again be in question. And, you know, whatever is put on us through our story, you know, any fake robe, any mocking spirit, what what trauma wants to teach us about Mm -hmm. who we are. Um, He finished us ever having to strive and perform and prove and validate. Mm. I I am a child of the living God. I have a home. I I don't just visit, like I get my mail in his presence, you know? So that's just been a huge part of my journey has been constantly growing my awareness Mm. of how Mm. sufficient Jesus truly is not, not just for the world, but but for me, you know, for Mm -hmm. my intimate personal story. And, um, I, I'm, I'm just still on that journey and it's an unending journey of searching out, you know, how good he really is, you know? Yeah. It's that, it's that constant aware. I was talking to a friend earlier. And I was like, um, it's that thing where we have to take off the ideas of what we think Jesus is or who yeah. he is yeah. because they're limiting. Yeah. And we have to actually go and say, God, slay the ideas that I think that you are yeah. and actually show me who you are. Because yeah. even to the point that I think you're good, you're even better than that. Yeah. And so it's constantly laying that down like, okay, I, like another level of your goodness, another level of. It's not just for the people I'm preaching to. It's for yeah. me. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not just for unreached people groups. It's for me. It's not just for, you know, the homeless man down the street. Like, right. it's for me. Yeah. yeah. And owning that is probably half the battle. Yeah. With, you know, just, I feel like, in fact, there's this craze again, like in our culture that's like self-awareness, self you know, help. And I'm not against self-help or self-care, but at the same time, it's just like, that like that's part of it is like you are a part of that picture yeah is that he died for you yeah you know and so that the days that you know the world tries to put the false robes on you or the world screams mocking things that you like he made a way yeah and it's not just preaching that outwardly but living it inwardly and that's just like that's a heavy revy in itself and it's something that i think you could we all will need well all have to essentially grow in continually yeah until yeah. we're there at his feet saying holy 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 moly i missed it down there like <laughs> you know oh yeah dolly saw a part you know yeah. Um, yeah. but it's just this beautiful like that i don't know just owning owning like you know because i think for me part of my story is being raised in church knowing it's for people like, I have no issue thinking yeah. it's for you. Like, I know it's for you. Like, you need him. But, like, it was a whole different paradigm shift when I was like, wait. Like, like the fullness was for me. Yeah. Instead yeah. of cutting my own legs off and being like, it's for everyone. Serve everyone. Like, yeah. get it out there. Go to unreached people groups. And I love that. Like, that is a part of the gospel and obviously a huge part of his heart. But it's also like, Shay, it's for you. Yeah. It's for you. Like I silenced all of that so that you would hear my voice and that you would become my voice, that you'd become essentially take on my image. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. That's beautiful. It's absolutely, absolutely wild that, you know, and I think it's beautiful because it is, it's the, you know, it's the spirit of revelation. Like keep coming, keep, keep unwinding me. Yeah. 
you know, keep unwinding me and yeah. keep me at your feet. Keep me soft. Yeah. Keep me soft. Um, is there any practical ways that you kind of, um, I guess, like implement, like keeping your heart soft in the unwinding? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember this one day I was mopping the floor and I heard, get your clean on. <laughs> get your clean on. And I, <clears throat> I just heard the Lord ask me a question. Um, what is a synonym for process? Mm. And I instantly thought, pain! Pain <laughs> is a synonym for process! <laughs> and I just heard the Lord laugh. And it was like, relationship is mm-hmm. a synonym for process. And I think in any season of our life, like the the way we safeguard our heart is by keeping relationship yeah. the main event. You know, yeah. and sometimes, especially when it's painful, you know, when things are getting burned off our identity that have been there for so long, it, it can be such an uncomfortable, scary process. Mm-hmm. And we're learning through all of that to keep Jesus at the center <laughs> of the process, you know, because when we when we keep relationship at the center, the hurry gets burnt off of us because it no longer becomes about a finish line. I can't wait to get through this. I can't wait till this is over, but we actually start growing down deep in, into that awareness of what we were created for. And, you know, I think that the, the heartbeat of eternal life being that they would know me, you know, and that if we truly want to be people that live with, eternity in mind from heaven to earth we have to constantly just be redirecting our heart like i i i'm gonna make my life about relationship with you and you know um i remember my granny having heart surgery when i was younger and we were all kind of huddled in the waiting room just waiting for the doctor to come out and i remember him coming in to give an update and nobody was wanting to hear, I went as quick as I could. I cut every right. corner. You know, Granny's heart is I took out. every shortcut. Exposed <laughs> on the table. Yeah. And nobody has hurry in mind. <laughs> Nobody's thinking, how fast did you go? Mm-hmm. You know, there was no value for speed. It was like, were you efficient? Did you, yep. did you do everything necessary to, to give your best mm-hmm. to her heart? You know, and the first definition of love is love is patient, you know, and that when, when Jesus is slow, which is (laughs) 99.9% of my relationship with him, it is actually our, um, our invitation to step into another level of love like that, like you're worth his time, you know, and that's, that's the most valuable gift we can ever give anyone around us that I'm giving you my presence. And when he is stepping into our life and saying, the most valuable thing I can give you is not a gift. It's not a healing. It's not an anointing. It's my presence. And that is the standard of his love. And so I just think we can't emphasize enough in our life, always routing it back to what are you teaching me? What right. are you showing me about yourself? What are you showing me about me? 
and keeping that at the heartbeat of every season we're navigating. Right. And those two questions, what are you doing? Like, what do you see? How do I see? Like all those questions are enough to take up our time. Right. Like, I mean, if we're going to spend eternity saying, holy, 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 I'm pretty sure there's enough thoughts and all of that to take up our space in the best of ways. Right. You know, I think, I do think of Jeremiah, I think it's nine, I want to say 939. Don't quote me. I don't claim to be a theologian. Um, <laughs> but I do read my Bible. Um, <laughs> but it says, like, above all titles and above all <clears throat> what you could offer him, what, if, what else should we boast in outside of the fact that he knows us? Yeah. That I'm known by the, like, the literal breath that said and spoke the world into existence. Yeah. Knows me. Like he knows me. Yeah. He knows me. And I think sometimes it's so we, we get caught up in life and it happens, right? Like he's, he's fully aware that we are living on this earth, surrounded by circumstance, surrounded by need, people pulling on us. We need people like every, you know, the paradoxes of life. But I think it's so beautiful when you can just sit. I was telling them this morning, even I sat in our living room and I was like, I have 7,000 things I could talk to you about, but I really just want to tell you how awesome you are. Wow. Yeah. And so I just begin to sing, you're beautiful, which if you know me, which we all know about this recording even, that I don't have a singer's voice. But I think he loves it, and it moves heaven, because if he don't show up, people's ears are going to hurt. And I just begin to sing to him, yeah. like, you're so beautiful, like, you're so worthy. Like, you're worthy of my life. Like, and the fact that I, like, you know me is enough. Yeah. And the fact that you made a way for me to know you is just mind-blowing in this moment, you yeah, know? And Because so my, my prayer lately, which is another question I wanted to ask you, which we'll get to, is just, it's been like, Lord, soften my heart. Yeah. Keep my heart soft. And it's funny because I couldn't tell you that I feel like my heart is hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I know in, in just all the things, like the groans that we're feeling, On the earth and culture and all these things that I know that any moment my heart can take on a hard moment and be like, ooh, I don't want to love as much there. I don't I want to pull here a little. I want to build slight wall here constantly. And so my heart and my prayers, God, keep me soft. Like Keep me soft. Like I want to love like you. I love that you never get hard with me. Like you may speak some hard stuff, Mm -hmm. but that's what's going to set me free. And I love you for that. And thank yeah. you that I hear you that way. And they're just like, devil, get behind me. You would never say that to me. I'm like, if you can call people whitewash tombs, you can talk to me that way. Like, and yeah. so I, I just like, is there anything as of lately in your own life, your, your personal life, like that yeah. you find yourself just leaning in on, like, keep me soft. Like that's, that's just been so big. That and father, father me. Because yeah. I've realized that I've limited him as a father. Yeah. Wow. And not even necessarily in a bad way, yeah. but even my earthly father is limited. Yeah. And so like, yeah. even his good limitation is still a limitation to, yeah. to, to my heavenly father. And so is there anything that you've been praying lately that you're just like, this is what I'm pressing into um, just in your personal walk or, you know, just with, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Good. Yeah. These last several months. Oh. I've just been in this process of transformation that really 
caught me off guard. I mean, I did not not see it coming. And, you know, what it has felt like is, you know, when a caterpillar uh, is preparing to go into the cocoon, it, it digests itself and spins the cocoon. What? I never realized that it digests itself. It digests itself. The picture I got was slightly morbid. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit. But beautiful because it's on the fruit. But still. And then in the cocoon, uh, all the cells are basically reduced down to unidentifiable cells. So it's not a caterpillar. It's not a butterfly. It's a question. They're they're called imaginal disc (laughs) cells. Super bizarre. And <laughs> if you cut the cocoon open, um, goo would just come out, just a soupy goo. Oh, and wow. so, you know, sometimes the dreams we have, you know, of I'm going to grow some wings and take flight and Ooh. live in the stunningness I know I've been destined for, you yeah. know, but there's just as much beauty in the cocoon right. as, you know, that the end result, but you know, as, as I've just been navigating this season, the cry that's come up from my heart is Jesus, just, just reduce everything. I thought I was reduce everything I'm dreaming about becoming Mm. and let it just be unidentifiable. And, you know, it, it has demanded a level of surrender that has just been so beautiful because when we're in those seasons where we feel our identity is getting so stripped down mm-hmm. and everything I thought I was is now goo, <laughs> you know, and everything, like everything I dreamt was about, reduced to goo. <laughs> everything I dreamt about being is now goo. Um, that the most important part of using our faith and our trust and our surrender is not, um, you know, declaring who we're going to be. And, and declaring what is going to come. I'm going to have wings. I'm going to be beautiful. No, like there's no way that could even come into the mind of a caterpillar. It's right. so radically different than it was before. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing in that cocoon is who am I beholding? You know, yeah. who, who, who is overwhelming my reality when I'm nothing but good, you know? And it's in those seasons of being tucked away and hidden inside of his process that surrender grows. Mm-hmm. And we find our, our worship is actually saying, ah, oh, take your time on me, take your time on me, redefine everything that yeah. needs to be redefined, you know, and that, um, it's impossible. Like what you were saying before to ever discover who we truly are without discovering who he is right. because we come from a creator that changes everything. Mm-hmm. It's I- impossible as created people and as being a new creation, something the earth has never, never seen, seen. Yep. something history has never seen. You are one of a kind. It's impossible to look at anybody else and make assumptions or points of definition about who you are to be on the earth because you come from a creator. And so, you know, being able to embrace that process of surrender and trust where nothing that is in his heart is going to come to pass by me working harder. Right. That'll preach. You know, it's, it's all according to his design. You know, in a cocoon, a caterpillar 
magically turns into a butterfly, <laughs> not because goo worked hard, but because that's how the creator right. designed it. And, you know, right now he sees things that the Bible says before the foundation of the world, he knew you. So he, you actually came from his desire, from his delight. And so he sees things about you that haven't even come mm-hmm. in to your imagination yet. And when we surrender at that level of, I don't need to understand to know what's happening in here and what, what this is going to result in to trust you. Yeah. We, we <clears throat> actually embrace becoming the new creation that he paid such an extraordinary price for us to become. And um, where we don't feel shame over the fact that right. everything I thought I knew is now good. <laughs> Right, you know, <laughs> you answered my prayer. And, and you. you know, we don't we don't feel shame that um, this is this is where I am, you know, and that we allow allow him to mold us and shape us into mm-hmm. whatever he wants us to be, and and the heart of that process is taking the emphasis off of me and what I'm going to do, right. and onto him completely. And what are you going to do? You know, and, <laughs> right. and you are faithful and blowing up big yeah. all the attributes that we know and love mm-hmm. and trust him to be. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what do I say after yeah. that? It's like 15 mic drops. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. It, I remember so this good. one day, uh, my 11 year old was laying on my lap and she, I looked down at her ear and I was just like, remembering her back and, on the back of her ear, she had the most adorable freckle, and I'd never seen it before. And I thought, oh, that's so cute, you know. And instantly, I had the thought, she she will never even know this freckle's here unless uh-huh. I tell her, and she will never even know I'm smiling right now about a little tiny freckle on the back of her ear <laughs> and delighting uh-huh. over this tiny what the rest of the world would see as insignificant, right. but because she's mine. You know, I am seeing things about her and delighting in things about her that she, she's not even aware of. And everything changes mm. when we realize I come from someone. <clears throat> right. Like I, I come from someone who is going to delight in the tiniest parts of who I am in the way the world could never delight right. in, you know. And that, that's what sets our process apart mm. from, from just self-help. Right. And personal growth. And, you know, there's people all over the planet that are becoming better versions of themselves because of choices they're making and disciplines and adjustments. And that's beautiful. But on our own, we will never, ever be able to become what he intended and what he saw (laughs) before any of our trauma, before any of our wounds, before any anything in our the purity of our design was twisted up and perverted. And the beauty of the gospel is that he, he is inviting us in to live born again, yep. that we would no, no longer have those things defining who we are. Man, it's so good. Yeah. It's, it's so, I, I think honestly, I think someone's quoted and I don't remember who it was, but it was like, we have to remember the cross every day because we forget it every day. Yeah, yeah. And it's so true. But remembering like what it was unto us being born again, unto us remembering 
whether it's daily or moment, mo by moment, second by second, like I'm born again. He sees me as new. And even when I'm reduced to the goo, yeah. he's still in awe with me. I'm his goo. I'm his goo. <laughs> I'm, I'm the goo of glory. And I, it's so awesome because, like, I feel like for me lately, it's just been this huge chopping block. Like, am I enough? Are you okay if I reduce you down to nothing? And it's not like outwardly he is doing that, but it's this posture of my heart. Yeah. Of like, if I if I did strip it away, would you still love me? And it's just, it sent me back to my knees, which it's not like I left my knees, but it sent me in a whole nother yeah. swirl, you know, <laughs> right. of just surrender, yeah. of like yeah. just naked trust. Like, I trust you, yeah. you know, and it's just so beautiful. Like the, like the goo is beautiful, but like the whole process of just. Like, even when you feel like you're in the cocoon, the cocoon, and it's, you know, you eat yourself and digest yourself and like the craziness of it all is like, he's there smiling, like, look at her. Like, she's embracing me. She's embracing the process. She's embracing it and not fighting it. Yeah. You know, where we're constantly like, no, no, no. My life is like, it's chaos. And he's like, great. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. And you're like, oh. And it's just so great. And it's just, you've put it so eloquently. Just stay in. Yeah. Let him reduce you to goo. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, all that matters is that he knows you. Yeah. And that you know him. Yeah. I think just, yeah, it's just so, so encouraging. Mm -hmm. It's so encouraging. And I don't know how to end that outside of just having you pray. And then I want to ask you a funny question because I always ask people funny questions. Um, so I'll do that after you pray because, okay. you know, it's kind of going to ruin the moment probably. <laughs> so, but yeah, if you wouldn't mind praying and just, yeah. yeah, however, however, yeah. the Lord would lead you just to bless the listeners. And, and honestly, it's been a huge encouragement even to my own story and just yeah. where I find myself because I do left field process. I'm like, didn't see this one coming yeah, and feel like I feel like I'm goo right now. Yeah. But you know what? Goo does amazing things. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. like it's been very encouraging, yeah. very That's encouraging. Yeah. That. So if yeah. you wouldn't mind praying and yeah. go wherever you want to go. That's awesome. So, yeah. So we just, we, we just are so grateful, Jesus, that you're the beginning, you're the middle, and you're the end. And no matter where we're at in our story, that that's never going to change. That you being the center on which our life spins is the main event. So I just pray over every person that's listening to this. And I just thank you. I thank you that you are there abundantly above and beyond all they could ever ask, dream, or think. So I just ask for just waves of hope Mm -hmm. to wash over any any places that have felt been left felt feeling um, hopeless, that there would just be waves of peace that wash over any places that have been left feeling anxious. And I just thank you, Jesus, that we, we get the honor of not becoming more hopeful so we can connect to you, but that in our most hopeless condition, that we get to invite the God of all hope and that we never have to make ourselves better or dress ourselves yeah. up to 
connect with your presence, but that we just get to come to you just as we are. And so I just pray that there would just be an overwhelming grace and expectation that just floods every heart that that God is near. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. And that his thoughts for me are far more extraordinary, beautiful, and lovely than what I could dream up on my best day. And so I just, I just bless every life just with an increased awareness of your nearness in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So just because I want to ask, and I sent you two questions, yeah. but I think I wanted to ask you one particularly one. Okay. one per- I didn't say that right. I love it. The grace is great. Yeah. Um, but one question that I've been asking people is mm-hmm. if you could have any three people mm-hmm. at a table with you at, at the same time, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Who would it be? Is it like breakfast, lunch? Dinner? It's whatever you want it to be. Okay. I mean, it could be yeah. next to the pool if you want. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get real crazy, <laughs> it could be at a bowling alley. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I was going to invite three people I've never met, yep. I have so many heroes and I mean, honestly, some of my biggest heroes are the people I do life yeah, with every single course. day. Yeah, of course. But I sit at them. I, I've sit at lots right, of you're like, they're at my table yeah. last night. So can't <laughs> right. really say them. So, um. People I've never had lunch with. Um, you know, I would probably turn it into a, a gratitude banquet. Nice. In this season yeah. that I was explaining <laughs> where I've been goo. There's been a few voices mm. that... I mean, have felt like the gift of the Holy Spirit yeah. to help speak in yep. to that process. And, and the first would be Grand Cook. Gosh, she's great. Yes. Okay, what in the I world? Do. Like okay. the hiddenness and manifestation. Oh I'm like, I'm on that. Uh, right? Like, yeah. And yeah. so he, I mean, I would just say thank you. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> candles, wine, whatever. Whatever you want, Grant. Um, like, gratitude is yours. <laughs> I mean, I have been just deeply impacted yeah. by his voice and um, been listening in this season to his um, prophetic word. It's on YouTube called Wild Love. Oh, okay. I've heard that. I haven't. I'll okay. have to look I've, it up. I've been listening to it like every day. And it's like, it's just stunning. Okay, so he would have a seat at the gratitude yeah, banquet. I like it. And then uh, a, a few months ago, which really was one of the main tipping points in kicking me into this season, <laughs> was I read this book by Nancy Houston called Love and Sex. Okay. Have you heard of it? I have not. Okay. But I'm going to add it to Phenomenal. my list. <laughs> and, you know, if you've read my book, a lot of my story is just healing from mm. sexual woundedness. Yeah sexual brokenness, sexual trauma. And as I read her book and she just spoke so openly and shamelessly oh, wow. Come about that process, um, I, could, I could just feel the invitation of heaven, you know, um, to, to dive back into that cocoon, you know, and um, has just really become a hero because on wow. this topic, I'm super passionate about it you know, because yeah. it's connected to my story. Sure. It's not, it's not just that the church needs to be speaking out about the deficits in mm-hmm. sexuality, the brokenness in sexuality. The world isn't just hungry for truth. Our, our personal brokenness is hungry for the tone of voice yeah. that the truth comes in, you know, yeah. and is the kindness of Jesus, 
being expressed is the mercy of right. Jesus being expressed. And um, her book just really flung wide a door to his kindness and mercy because of the tone that I just really did not see coming. Wow. Yeah. And then the third, it also along with this last three month cocoon process, would be I found this song um, on YouTube as well by House Fires called Open Space. Oh, man. That's a solid okay. song. I have driven my family crazy <laughs> with that song. Like, I mean, yeah. literally over and over. I mean, it has yeah. been the, the sound in the cocoon. You yeah, know, my heart is an open space. You yeah. know, so you can come and, and have your right. I'm going And so I think her name is Kirby. Yeah, I would invite her to the thank you, you table. Come I on. would have all three of those people at the thank you table. Yeah, I would invite the cloud of witnesses and just say, "You are doing a good job." <laughs> you know, because what I realized when I wrote this book, you know, is the level of courage it takes to. Um, be bold mm. and brave with who you are, naked and unashamed. Woo, yep. You know, I did not know. And for years I had told Jesus, I'd do anything for you. I would do anything for you. And, you know, in the process of the vulnerability of, of that book and having to confront shame that I didn't know yeah. was still there, I heard him ask me back, but, but would you do it for my people? I know you would do it for me, but would you do it for my people? I thought my people were worth it. Do you oh, think wow. my people are worth it? And when I look at the heroes in my life, the heroes of our faith mm-hmm. that have lived loud and bold and have used their life, not just to say Jesus is worth it, but to say you are worth it. Wow. And I have felt that personal in, in the way that they've been so bold. I've felt that personal affirmation. The people of God are worth it. Yeah. And even for you, Shay, what you're doing with this podcast, what you're doing with putting yourself out there, like you are, you are proclaiming the sound of Jesus over his people. You're worth it. Worth it. You're worth it. You're, you're worth my courage. You're worth yeah. my risk. You're worth seeing the real me. Nothing mm-hmm. dressed up, nothing fancy. Sometimes just I target like, clothes. Right? <laughs> target clothes, you know, just a normal human being. Right? Just living loud for Jesus. And oh. what I discovered was that moves his heart yeah. when we share his heart for his people in a way I just didn't know he was looking for. And so that's, wow. that's what I would do. I would create a thank you banquet. I like it, yeah, and I always include myself as, yeah. the, as like the like I'm the fifth wheel. I'm like, someone <laughs> no, no, sit no. at your table too, because that just you sounds come, really great. You, come, you got a thank you shot. Yeah, I'm not a fly. I'm like, I'm not a fly on the wall. I'm in a chair. I'm in a chair. But or you might be hanging yeah. upside down in a cocoon, but all are welcome. You know, you know, come as you are. It's biblical, <laughs> right? But I want to say thank you. Thanks for coming. Oh, thanks for hanging joy. out with me, and thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. It was an honor. Just saying. I don't know what else to say. Just saying.